Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. We are glad to be with you here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You know, October means one thing. The spice must flow. Are you a pumpkin spice kind of guy? Uh, not really. Don't let, don't let them hear you that. Don't, don't let them hear you. Yeah. Uh, they love the pumpkin spice. I say not really. I, I just There's other things I would rather have. Right. What about your wife? She's not even a humongous pumpkin spice person. Really? Yeah. My wife is into the pumpkin spice. So she'll she'll be sampling some of their incredible wares. And it's not just coffee up there. You know, they've got all the baked goods and all that stuff that, that makes you feel like it's fall, even when it's like 85 degrees outside for some reason today. It was 60 on Friday. What's what's going on? Uh, See, I'm more of the, just give me the albino squirrel. Just stick with what's delicious. What if they put, well, how about a pumpkin spice albino squirrel? Just a little shot of the good stuff in there. Well, I mean... I mean, well, you know, I just why the pump bino squirrel? I mean, I, the albinican squirrel. I can't. I'll tie this into a, another of our great sponsors. Yeah. I mean, some might like slaw on their sandwich. Yeah. While you, yeah, don't want anything that's green touching your food ever. If it grew in the earth, I probably don't want it on the sandwich. Other than the jalapenos on the new, yeah, thunder and lightning. We'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll about get that, that later. Yeah. Don't, don't cross the streams, Joel. <laughs> Just saying. It's pumpkin spice season. Head over to Strange Brew to enjoy all their their fun craft-made stuff. And, of course, churn and spoon ice cream for your frozen treats. College Corner, right now is the time to hit them up. It's, it's getting closer and closer to the holiday season. We're, we're officially now, if you buy some stuff, it might you might get it by Christmas. You might, if you are lucky. So why don't you just go ahead and call them today or vote shop online at collegecornerstore.com or head to one of their two locations over in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And pick up the maroon and white merchandise you're going to give this year to all your family and friends. T-shirts, polos, and if you're looking to make the house a little more maroon and white, they've got you covered there too. If you're going to have a host a watch party next weekend, Mississippi State, Alabama, you know, that's the real Halloween party. That's the real trick-or-treat right there. Mississippi State, Alabama. Reaching the bag. What do we got? Three and out. Yeah. I got All I got was a rock, but your rock is three and out. Your rock is, you know, they didn't move the football. <laughs> Just saying. CollegeCornerStore.com. I don't know I don't know where I was going with that. Okay, I can't help you. The motto of our show. Yeah. Didn't know where I was going with that. Describe your... your, your Podcast in one sentence. We don't know where we're going with that. We just, we just, we just, we. Just, I, I, I zone in and out. That can be our slogan. We don't know. We don't know. I do know that Advantage Business Systems is the place to. You need to call right now if you own a small business or even a large business. They have solutions that can make your business more efficient, that can save you money in the long term, and will keep your business running at the way you want it to. 
So why don't you give them a call today? 45 years worth of experience in this state helping businesses just like yours. They've been around a long time because they've helped a lot of people. You could be next on that list. Call them today at 844-833-6245. Visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. All right. Time for another show. Yes. And it's a different kind of show. We haven't done one of these shows in a while. We're not talking about football today. Oh, yeah, actually, actually, we are. We are because talking about you football. left me with a. Uh, That's right. I cliffhanger. forgot. The cliffhanger. The who shot Jr. of Thunder and Lightning. What did I say? I that said that Garrett Schrader is the last vestiges of the Dan Mullen era, to which I thought he didn't play for Dan. He wasn't recruited by Dan. Mm-hmm. I think I know where you're going, but yeah, that was kind of a odd way to end the rumblings day. But so here's what I'm saying. That Garrett Schrader, mobile run first quarterback, right? Yep. There's no more of those on the roster. No. No. Yeah. Even Maiden. I was going to say that Maiden would be the. But he's not. I think Maiden is more of a passer. I think that's why he stuck it out so far. And so with that, the Dan Mullen zone read power run offense era comes to an end, never to return under the current regime. At Mississippi State. That's why I say that. In case you missed the news, Garrett Schrader has entered the transfer portal. He will no longer be a part of the Mississippi State program. I saw some people asking if he's, you know, going to still play. No, he's done. Done at Mississippi State. Uh, I imagine he will have a number of suitors for his services. Um, I would imagine Oregon would be one we would look at. Um, you know, with Joe Moorhead there. They do have a very highly got rated guy from high school on the roster now. Tyler Shaw, I think is his last name, or Shaw. Like it's S H O U G H. You pronounce it. S H O. Like though, but show. but with an S. Yeah, show. And they have a kid, Ty Thompson, who's one of the top. I think he's the maybe the number two or three pro rate pro stock quarterback in the country this year. He's committed. So I don't know that you know Schrader's on the list for for Joe Moorhead or not. It would certainly make sense. Penn State's going to be looking for a quarterback. That's where Schrader was sort of penciled into before Moorhead came to Mississippi State. A lot of people are throwing Florida's name out there. And my goodness, I think Garrett Schrader would be a fantastic quarterback for a Dan Mullen system. How much would that hurt State fans if he went to Florida and was... It would hurt, but you don't play Florida. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it. It's sort of out of sight, out of mind. Um, Arkansas is another name. Now, that's one that would hurt because you'd see him immediately. Um, that's a, that's, that would be a good fit, though, with what they want to do offensively. I think you know. I think Schrader is a more talented guy than, than Felipe Franks. And it seems like Arkansas is trying to build a physical, tough, yeah. nose Would fit team, right into that, just, no question. I mean, so, that beard kind of just looks like an Arkansas guy, doesn't it? Yes. Just kind of. Yeah. If you told me that guy lived, you know, way up in the Ozarks, I'd believe you. <laughs> so he'll have a lot of options, I think. You know, I think, he'll, I think he's a guy who definitely ends up at a Power 5 school, for sure. And if not, I mean, he'll end up at a good group of 5 school. So, best of luck to him. It's incredible to think about one year ago the conversations we were having about Garrett Schrader. The next Dak. We had a show. About the next Dak. About him maybe being, which nobody can ever be Dak, but maybe the closest thing you can right. get to it kind of yeah. thing. And now he's yeah. basically Because he could have been like a three-year starter, face of the program kind of guy. And now he's gone. Life does indeed come at you fast. So Again, we don't know. We don't know. Here's what we do know. We're about to talk to two MSU coaches today and two MSU coaches tomorrow. We're going to get some previews of some winter and some fall sports. We are one month, just about one month away from tip-off for men's and women's basketball. We're going to talk about men's basketball today. And 
the announcement today, uh, Mississippi State will host Iowa State in the SEC Big 12 Championship, or Challenge, I'm sorry. Uh, the the full schedule, they're expected to be released in the next couple of weeks. The SEC is still sort of figuring out what it wants to do as far as the conference schedule. But MSU will start men's basketball. Ben Howland's seventh, is that right? Sixth or seventh year? Uh, Malik Newman was year one. Yeah. So that would have been... We had four years of Q, and then you had one year without Q. So this is his sixth year. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Everything, everything's revolving around Quindary <laughs> Weatherspoon. That's how I. That's how I know my Ben Howell and stuff. Um, an interesting team. A lot of new faces. A lot of new faces. I mean, basically from last year, you're bringing back Iris and Molinar, DJ Stewart, and Abdullah Du. Everything else is sort of new. And Tolu Smith was on the bench a year ago, as you know, awaiting eligibility. But now he's back. Now he's ready to roll. You've got two other transfers: Javian Davis from Alabama, Jalen Johnson from Louisiana. You're going to have to rely on those guys to provide some 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 big minutes for you. And then you've got freshmen, and you've got a bunch of them. You've got uh, you've got uh, Devon Devon Smith, who's obviously the most highly recruited guy in this class. You've got Derek Fountain, Keandre Montgomery, Anderson uh, Garcia, Anderson Garcia, Cam Matthews. Three of those four kids are from Mississippi. And then you've got Quentin Post, who is sort of like the unknown. You know, a guy who. I think that he's got a lot of talent. He's got a good skill set, but I don't know if it all puts it together. Before Joel and I talk about men's basketball, let's hear from the man himself. Coach Ben Hallen will now join us on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Let's talk men's basketball. That's the sport that's about to start up faster than anybody else. Season starts, I believe, November the 25th. Coach Ben Hallen is on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline with me right this second. Coach, speaking of, speaking of the start of the season, you know, this is normally the time where the full schedule is out and, and, and things of that nature. Do you have any kind of, of update or any kind of idea of when that schedule is going to be made available? Uh, the conference is still working on our conference schedule, and uh, so that will be made available, I think, in the next two weeks. Okay. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of work yet to be done, but looks like we should have it here in the next couple of weeks. And we have a few other non-conference games we'll announce at that same time. Okay. So I feel like the next question, the answer is always going to be yes from a coach, but veterans on this team, do you feel like, you know, because you've got a ton of freshmen, do you feel like you have enough veteran leadership on this team that you're not sort of rebuilding and starting all over? You know what? I really like our leadership. I think this the leadership that Abdul and DJ and Iverson and Tolu uh, have provided for the younger uh, players in our program has been really, really phenomenal. And they look to those guys. Those guys have the best work ethics on our team. And uh, they see how hard they work. They see you know, how they approach everything they do, both on and off the floor. And they're such great examples for our younger players. I couldn't be more pleased than I am with the leadership we're getting from our guys that are returning. Well, DJ and Abdul are, are guys that, you know, they played a, a ton of minutes a, a season ago. Abdul started almost, I think, every game. And, and DJ was a starter by, by season's end. Are these guys ready to sort of take another step forward, especially with DJ, who I would imagine, as it sits right now, is who most people would predict will be who leads this team in scoring this year? Well, DJ will definitely have a really good year. I mean, he's uh, definitely improved from where he was a year ago uh, in every facet. You know, he's a very, very good shooter and an excellent ball handler and create offense for his teammates. He's also an outstanding defender. Uh, he's going to end up playing multiple positions for us. 
Uh, I think Iverson Molinar is taking a huge step in the offseason, and it's typically when you see the biggest jump and improvement in a player between their freshman and sophomore year. He had a really good uh, offseason. His shot has improved immeasurably from the perimeter. Uh, his confidence, his ability to run a team as a point has definitely improved. Uh, he's a better defensive player than he was a year ago. This time it's night and day. Uh, Tolu Smith has improved a lot from when he first got here a year ago. He didn't get to practice that much last year because he was not going to be available for any games being a redshirt. But uh, he really made uh, uh, you know a huge jump, I think, in his play between the end of our season to where we are right now. And we're counting on him to provide uh, you know uh, important minutes and uh, being very productive at both ends of the floor. And Abdul is our wily veteran who's you know, the heart and soul of our team. I mean, he's just tough. He's so competitive. Uh, he makes his team win. He makes everybody around him better. And his work ethic, his toughness, his desire, and he's improved his offense. I think he'll be the most aggressive he's been offensively during his career this coming campaign. The transfer portal, you know, you lost some guys there, but you hit up a, a, a couple of, of players who I expect to play a big role for you in J.V. Davis and Jalen Johnson. What what kind of role do you see for those two guys in this upcoming season? Very important roles. You know, J.D. Uh, comes to us from Alabama, and he's a, a Mississippi kid that uh, has very good skill package. He's an excellent passer. He shoots the ball well all the way out to the three-point range. Uh, I really like his understanding of the game offensively against zones and man. Uh, he's getting himself uh, in incredible shape. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited about that, about his hard work with Coach Crane in terms of really doing a good job with his body and, and how he's eating very healthy and really taking good care of himself. That's adding to him. Uh, and then Jalen is just a really good shooter. You know, he's a veteran guy that's. At, you know, this is his fifth year of college basketball, and he really has a good understanding of the game. And he's one of our top shooters on the team every day. He shoots the ball from the perimeter, has a good feel for the game, understands how to play. Uh, he's just a smart, wily veteran. Let's look at the young guys now, and I feel like we need to start with Devion Smith, who is probably one of the more highly recruited players you've brought in in the past uh, few seasons, a guy that, you know, just from my perspective, being on the outside, I would expect to be a big contributor uh, for you this year. Yeah, he is. He's a, a very good point guard. Avon is an incredible athlete, very quick, very fast, very explosive. Uh, he and Iverson have been competing against each other every day a lot in practice. And it's making both of them better because anytime you have great competition between two really good players, it makes their game rise to uh, you know a level. Uh, that is important to continue to improve at, and uh, you know they're they're doing that for each other. But but he's a very good distributor of the ball. Uh, you know, a good passer, he's a good finisher at the rim. He has great explosiveness. He's got a 46-inch vertical, uh, running vertical. Um, you know, so I'm excited about him, and I think he's improving a lot. You know, he's learning a lot. It's a huge jump for all kids coming from high school to major college, I mean, because you're going against older men that have been at this level for one, two, and three years that, uh, you know, are, uh, you know, just experienced more. And so he's learning a lot. He's growing as a player. He's improving every day. 
and I'm excited about him and his future. Four other true freshmen on the roster this year. Is there one that stands out to you that you think he will definitely play a big role for us this season? Well, I mean, Davon's definitely going to play a big role. I also think Cameron Matthews is really doing a nice job for us. You know, he's out of all the branch. He's 6'5", 6'6", 225 pounds, has a great uh, body, very strong and physical, really, you know, has good uh, competitive nature to him. He competes. He's an excellent defender, very good rebounder. He's a good passer. He handles the ball well. Can play multiple positions and guard multiple positions, so he's going to make a, a, I think, a big impact on our team this year. And Keandre Montgomery is really working hard. He's gotten stronger in the weight room, put on about 15 pounds since this summer. I think his shots really start to improve. <clears throat> he's kind of changed his shot just in the recent weeks, which I wanted him to do because he was shooting more of a set shot coming out of high school, and at this level, you got to have a jump shot to get it off against athletes who are closing out on you quickly. So I think he'll add a lot. He's learning a lot, just like all our freshmen. And then Derek Fountain is a good player who's going to help our program. I mean, he's smart. He has a very good skill package. Uh, he's another kid that came in. He's got to put weight on and get bigger and stronger. But uh, I like him, and I think he's going to be a good player for us and has a bright future in the program. What do you think the identity? Go ahead, go ahead, coach. The one guy we haven't talked about, me with except Quentin Post. Yeah, and uh, Quentin is uh, you know a kid that went home right when the virus hit and was kind of stuck over there in the Netherlands. He finally got back here in August. Had to go to two weeks of immediate quarantine per the uh, you know State Department's rules for people from out of country. But he's done a nice job. You know he's. 30 pounds bigger than he was when he arrived here a year ago. And it's done a good job in the weight room, including when he was at home. And uh, I think he's going to give us some good minutes this year and, and compete for playing time. What do you think the identity of this team going is going to be? you think they'll be an up-and-down-the-floor kind of team, or are they going to grind it out? Well, I think you, if, to be a good team, you've got to be able to do both. We want to get up and down. I mean, if we get the ball off the glass and get stops... We want to get, you know, Iverson and DJ out ahead of the pack and let them attack, you know, in the open floor settings and, and create for themselves and for others. Same thing with Davon. Uh, you've always got to be able to score in the half-court offense. I mean, our number one thing on defense is transition defense, so we don't allow people to score in transition. And everybody's that way. Uh, anybody who's any good is focused on taking away transition offense and making you score in the half court. So you must be able to execute and do both to be successful. Well, I can't wait to get back into the hump to see this team in just, uh, I guess, a few weeks now. I know you can't get re- or you know you can't wait to get back on the bench and start coaching again. Coach Ben Hallen, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Hey, thank you. Great to be with you. All right, thanks to Coach Allen for joining us. We certainly appreciate his time. Uh, you know, he, he seems excited about his roster. I do agree with him that it's it's not exactly the way it was uh, in year two for Mississippi State under Ben Hallen, and that that team really had no leadership core whatsoever. Here, I mean, Abdul Ladu is probably he might be the the guy in the SEC who started the most games returning. Maybe so, without yeah. knowing. DJ Stewart started plenty of games last year. Iverson Molinar has played, 
And then even JV and Davis has played a lot of games. Jalen Johnson played a lot of games down in uh, in Louisiana. So you've got some veteran guys there. It's you're not putting everything. You think about that second year team, and there were times where he would have five freshmen on the floor. Yeah, you know, outside of Quindary Weatherspoon and Eric Holman, you really didn't have anybody but freshmen. And I mean, you had EJ Datcher getting big minutes. So there is a a more of a core of leadership here. I will give him that. But there's a lot of questions. So here's here's my big ones, right? Tolu Smith. I don't think people realize, or maybe they just, they just don't remember. Reggie Pear was the SEC Player of the Year last year. He averaged a double-double. I think it's unfair to ask Tolu Smith to, to replicate that. My question to you is this. Could he replicate what Robert Woodard did? Can he be 12 points and 7 rebounds a game? Almost feels like he has to, doesn't it? Yes. Because if you can't, then... Well, then... the points are going to come from Stewart, I think. He'll be the guy that averages close to 18 points a game. Or at least he's going he's gonna to have to be. So, you know, you need to replace the number two guy, and that was Woodard. Yeah. So can can Smith do that? I mean, we're just we're just guessing here, but I mean, it, that's a little easier bar to reach than be Reggie Perry, because nobody's going to be Reggie Perry, I don't think. So right. Um, I'll go out on a limb and and say that that he can, because you know there there were as good as Robert Woodard is, I feel like he didn't have very many just standout, breakout, holy cow performances. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, he, he was a good player. Everything you saw from Woodard was potential. Yeah. You're like, he had he the, had, he, he had and the he skills, still does. he has, he has the, the physicality, he has that, 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 that high ceiling, but there were very few games. He had a couple in the non-conference, but there was never a conference game where he was just a guy who could not be stopped getting to the rim, couldn't stop getting his shots, things like that. No. He's a guy that you could see having a good, long pro career. I agree, and and in college he never did have, like I said, other than maybe a, a couple of non-conference games or something, didn't have just just that standout wow kind of of game all that much. And and yeah, it feels kind of like it feels kind of like Tolu may could do something like that, um, and, and then everybody else around him kind of pick up the slack. You mentioned DJ, is he the guy that if you're coming to the hump this year or you're playing state on the road or wherever? That you're circling, saying that's the guy that can't beat us. Is yes. DJ that guy? One hundred percent. Yeah, but that's the, that's another question though. Is he ready to be the alpha dog? I know he was like the fourth option last year. He was definitely behind Perry and Woodard, and I would say he was probably he might have been behind uh, Nick Weatherspoon, who we really haven't talked about. And then when he was on the floor, he was behind Tyson Carter. He was the fourth or fifth option at best a season ago, and now you're saying, okay, young man, you have to lead this team in scoring, and you got to be one of the top scorers in the SEC. And this is a you know a wing. He can, he can create his own shot, but he's not a guy who can just go get you. T- you can't just hand him the basketball and say, go give me two points. you got to set some things up for him. I wonder if uh, I wonder if we're kind of putting a little too much on DJ because I kind of think... What choice do you have? Yeah, you, you, you're right. But I kind of think like Iverson Molinar could have a big year. Because he's, like he's a guy that last year you, you saw some flashes of, why is this kid not playing more? Yeah. And... yeah. What you heard every now and then was just defensively he wasn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. But offensively last year, he looked like Showed he could have been of, a starter anyway. Yeah. Where is Molinar starting this season? Is he the one to start the year? And then they slide Smith in that role eventually, which means you'd have DJ as the two to start the year. Then who's the three? Uh, is that where Jalen Johnson might end up? Is that where Javian Davis could be? Let me see here. 
if you can vamp for just a second, I can tell well, you I mean, what. Uh, you know, it, it, that that's state doesn't have a lot of front court options right this second. They have a lot of wings. I mean, you look at those, those guys I mentioned outside of De- Devon Smith, Montgomery, Fountain, Garcia, and Matthews. They're all wings, right? They're all six, 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 seven. Okay, here, here's what Ben Howland. This was, I'm trying to figure out the date. This was last month. This was September 17th. Um, ben basically laid out his starting lineup in our media session then, mm-hmm. saying that um, Devon Smith was going to be point guard, mm-hmm. Molinar at the two, DJ at the three. Okay. And later on, he essentially confirmed Tulu at the four and, and Abdul at the five. Well, Abdul at the five is, is, is written in stone. So, and yeah. DJ at the two or the three, yeah. I like that lineup. I feel like it's got a lot of, of potential. Um, Molinar, I, I, I need to see, you know, when I think of a two, I think of a guy who can hit threes. Can Molinar consistently hit perimeter shots? Because that's going to be necessary. The, the the best case scenario for this team, to me, is Smith is an instant impact freshman. His recruiting profile is high enough that you can buy into that. Molinar takes a, a good step forward, and, and, and Howland said that in the interview. You normally take your biggest step first to second year. So he becomes a guy that you, basically he becomes Nick Weatherspoon, a guy that you can sort of count on for double digits, and and a guy that you know gets more assists than turnovers. DJ Stewart has to be your alpha dog. He's the guy averaging 16, 17 a game. Tolu Smith is your Woodard. He's your number two guy. He's your Pippin, who's getting you twelve and maybe seven, eight rebounds. And Abdul Adu is just whatever he is. All right, there are going to be some games where Adu gets two points but has twelve rebounds. There might be a game where he has 15 and 10 because he just, you know, he's able to get some some advantageous spots under the basket on some tip ins and some putbacks. There may be some games where he has two points and five rebounds, but he has four block shots. He's a, he's sort of a mixed bag, but I do feel like every time he's out there, you're getting positive stuff. If nothing else, you get presence. You know, teams are going to be less likely to come to the basket with him there. Yeah. So that 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 helps you. And then the other freshmen are just sort of. To me, the, the the two biggest keys for State are Tolu Smith has to be able to deliver immediately. And then either Jalen Johnson or Javian Davis need to as well. You need one of those guys to sort of become Tyson Carter. And I don't think Davis has that perimeter skill, but I'm saying you need somebody who gives you offense off the bench. And then your best case scenario, what's, I mean, is that a bubble team? It kind of feels like it right now. Yeah, I just... Unless somebody steps up early in now, the season, and then, then you can start maybe adjusting those expectations. But right now, if you had to project them, then then yeah, you, you kind of feel like right there on that on that line. The, the 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 biggest problem we have making these kind of adjustments or making these kind of predictions is you talk about something I don't know anything about is the other teams. I don't know the SEC basketball well enough to all I really know is the miss. I mean, I'm sort of inside the bubble there. Um, but there's some talent on this team, and you've got a bunch of freshmen. If you can get two of them to be really, you know, to be good freshmen, I'm not saying they got to be one and done guys. Just be good freshmen. Can Smith be a guy who gives you ten points and five assists a game? Can Montgomery be a guy who gives you eight points and three or four rebounds a game? If you can get that from the two of those guys, and then get what you think you're going to get from DJ. From Tolu, from Molinar and I do, you got enough to work with to to feel like you can be in a lot of games. I think the bubble is sort of the ceiling for this team. 
there's no way I would lock them into a tournament no. spot. No. And I feel like there's a there's a far better chance that they're battling for the NIT or just battling to have a winning season than I do thinking they're going to be winning 20-plus games. I think everything you just said is, is completely fair. And that's not to say that maybe somebody hadn't taken a humongous step forward and DJ just becomes a superstar for state kind of thing. I mean, that, some of this kind of stuff could happen. And like we say with football, you get new evidence, you can have new projections. But right now, just based on the things you know and then the things that are question marks, I don't know how anyone could have a higher projection right now than than Bubble. Yeah. Um, could they get in? Yeah. Right now, I, I kind of lean, like you, I, I kind of lean more towards NIT type yeah. than, than I do. And I feel like they're fighting for the NIT. I don't know that they're, you know, a lock for that. There's just too much unknown. Yeah. You know, if Woodard were back, I would tell you I think this team could be a tournament team. Because Woodard, Stewart, Adu, Molinar is a solid enough nucleus that you add some pieces to it. You know, I feel like you're good. But you're basically telling your, your, your guy who was your fifth option a year ago, you're the number one guy now. Now, I think he's got the right mentality for it. I'll say that. When we've talked to DJ Stewart, very grounded kid. feel like, you know, he's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. He took some big shots a season ago. I mean, I kind of feel like down the stretch last year mm-hmm. that DJ had as many, you know, standout games as Woodard. I agree with that. The biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team right now is this. Last year, if you needed a bucket, you could dump it down low to Reggie Perry, and he was probably going to get that shot for you. They don't have that guy right now. No. Now, Tolu Smith could become that guy. JV and Davis could become that guy. But right now, you don't have that guy. You don't know it's him. So that's the biggest difference to me. All right, another interview, and we'll move on into that. And that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef who have done it. The Thunder and Lightning Burger is a reality, and it is a delicious reality. <laughs> it certainly is. Two one-third pound patties of that great Welcome Home Beef ground beef. Smoked cheddar cheese pork belly, homemade barbecue sauce, and fried jalapenos. Jalapenos. My friends, it don't get any better than that. And that's just one thing on the menu. You can get that burger, by the way. Fries and a drink, 12 bucks. I'm going to tell you right now, nobody in town is giving you that big a burger with a side and a drink for $12. That's great value, and it's great food. It's the best you can buy. You know, this isn't just any regular hamburger. This isn't any McDonald's burger coming off the no. uh, the frozen uh, f- the frozen uh, assembly line. All right, this is the best ground beef you can buy. Yeah. Get it's that food truck right there in front of you. They grill it up in front. Yeah, yeah. it's it's made to order too. Yeah, they're not stacking them up and handing them out. They're, yeah. they're waiting on you. So why don't you swing by there today? And of course, you want to pick up some burgers, pick up some steaks. We Joel was in there today. He saw they've got the coolers are full of great meat. You need to get up there and get you some. Got me some uh, macaroni and oh, some yeah, bri- brisket mac and cheese. They had some I other stuff that, going on there. Home brisket mac and cheese. They had some smoked pork belly cubes up there. And they had some uh, some sliced tri-tip, which was... We, we, we also got to try a tri-tip sandwich, which was fantastic. And But you can take that tri-tip home, make your own sandwiches. So, I'm I, telling you, the I, options they've got are incredible. I took it home, and uh, I, I told Katie, I was like, yeah, you can put this in the refrigerator. I don't really want it right now. She's like, well, I do. So she was eating it when I left. Well, there you go. There you go. So... Swing by there today. Call them at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. And with all these options, I promise you one thing. It just tastes good. We will, let's get right into the, the Diamond Dogs, the most popular team on campus probably, and our guy Chris Lamonis, who was incredibly disappointed that Joel did not, was not on the call. 
but I caught up with the skipper just yesterday. Joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, Mississippi State baseball coach Chris Lamonis. Coach, when last, I don't know that you've been on the podcast since anything happened. Uh, last we left you, you were coming off back-to-back wins over a top-five team, and everything was, was looking pretty peachy. And then, of course, the world changed on us. We've gone through all this now. You haven't been able to go out and recruit like you normally do. You obviously missed out on your season. Just from your own perspective, have you learned anything about yourself as a coach as a result of all this? <laughs> I learned I can be really frustrated at times. <laughs> I think this has been the most frustrating time of my career. Um, it's been for everybody, right? I mean, COVID affects every person uh, out there, and it's just um, – I love the coach, so I'm, I'm glad we're back on the field. I'm glad we're, we're able to do things, you know. So, But it's just been a frustrating time, especially, you know, we felt like we had a special team last year, obviously with the way the draft hit and the first-rounders and everything else. And we were starting to hit our stride after that Texas Tech area. And um, But, you know, it is what it is, and it's, uh, we're getting ready for a new year. And, um you know, being prepared is probably the biggest thing I've learned I need to do during this time and the ability to handle, we call it handling the curveball in our program um, because right now just a lot of different things are happening. So we have to be um, resilient, you know, in how we deal with things day to day. You know, there's never an easy day in the SEC when, when you're coaching baseball, but this season in particular with the amount of talent that every, not just one team or two teams, that every team is going to have this year. Just in, in your head, looking ahead, what is this season going to be like? Well, I wish I knew because we don't even have real like we don't have real schedules yet. Yeah. You know, so we're still waiting to see. Like, I literally right before we got on the call, I'm texting with another coach in our league, and we're just you don't know what's out there in front of you. That's one of the hardest things is you know who are we playing or you know how are we playing, what's the format. Um, you know, us we're all planners. We're trying to figure out a, a way to win, and so um, not knowing that you know out there you know what our schedule is going to be like has is, is been pretty tough. And then knowing like I tell our team all the time. Hey man, we got a chance to be really good. But I said, unfortunately, everybody's going to be really good. It's going to be more than just talent. It's going to be how you know how cohesive, how we play together as a group. You know, those are going to be big things because when when you get all those extra players back in this league, man, that's a lot of good players back in the league. And so um, it's going to be very challenging. I came out to cover the first scrimmage you guys had, and, and what a joy that was, by the way, just to be out and, and actually watch sports and, and cover it again. And I remember there was a point where I was, I, I just thought to myself. Somebody's not here. Who is not batted yet? And finally, about twenty minutes later, I realized I was thinking about Foskey and Westburg. Yeah, and you know, just I just it just didn't occur to me. And obviously, that you mentioned the draft replacing the middle of the infield there. You know, who, who's looking to fill into those roles for you uh, in the twenty twenty one season? Well, we, you know, we moved Cameron James over. Cameron was playing third last year, and he's a true shortstop, so he was playing out of position last year and. But even last year, we had him take a lot of reps at short because I wanted him to play behind a Jordan Westberg. And, you know, what's funny when you stand, like I coach the outfielder, so I stand in left field or center field and you watch him. Even last year, a lot of the mannerisms are very similar defensively. Um, and he's really made some good jumps here. He's still got a lot to, lot to grow, but we feel like he's going to be able to jump in there and, and play. And then we have a freshman, Lane Forsyth, who's come in who's a special defender. Um, has a has a chance to play there, but he's a little behind just physically right now, trying to get bigger and stronger in our program. And Tanner Leggett's another infielder we have that man. He has a chance to make the great play. So we feel good at short, and then you move to second. Uh, we have a grad transfer, Scotty DeBrule, who has uh, come in, and, and really we feel like uh, he's got a chance to step right in. He was a four-year starter at Jacksonville University. I think he hit 300 every year, 
played short. He's played third. He's played second. Um, he's a good runner. He handles the bat. We, we feel like he's a nice addition, and he's been really good for us the last week or two here on the field and just has a maturity about him. we got an older player. Um, we feel like he can show up every day and play the game the right way. A season ago, if, if someone had asked me what was this team's question mark, I would have said probably the bullpen just because you had – I knew you had talent there, but there weren't a lot of proven arms. This year, if somebody asked me what's your team's strength, I might say the bullpen because now you've got you've shown a lot of guys, shown those arms. That we know what we have there. You know, I remember you always say you know you're trying to figure out the roles early in the season. Here we are in, in you know in October. Do you feel like some guys already have some defined roles in that bullpen? I, I don't think so. That's the hardest part we're dealing with right now because of the COVID. We ended up you know we have a very talented pitching staff, but it's a deep pitching staff, and I, I think. You know, that's the hardest part that we're dealing with is we got some guys, everybody wants to know their role, where they fit, and what they do. And it's they're not dumb. They look around, and this guy's throwing 90-something and pitching good, and this guy, and like I tell them, I don't even know the roles yet. I'm trying to still trying to figure them out. We're, we're going to play a World Series coming up this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, we're going to play 45 innings, and we're going to play real innings, dirty innings where you have to come in and get get, get us out of a jam, and do some of those type of things so that we can maybe see that a little bit better. Um, we do. We have a very talented pitching staff. Um, but, you know, we still got to, you know, how we fit in roles and how we – it's not always about how hard you throw. you got to get out. And that's, you know, we have to pitch. And I, I feel like runs will be at a premium in the spring because I feel like every, you know, in some games somebody may go to a bullpen arm that's not good enough. Well, everybody's going to be pretty good in that bullpen. I don't think anybody will be short. And so it'll be it'll be tough to be able to get in there and you know bang out somebody. So you're going to have these tight games. And then from a rotation standpoint, you bring in you still have the three guys who were in the rotation a season ago. Christian McLeod looked every bit the part of, of a Friday night ace. Uh, Will Bedner was very very impressive. Sarantola, you see the stuff. Now you have Brandon Smith back. You just just right. some early thoughts on your rotation and how those guys are going to work. Well, I think the first three that you mentioned, you know, Christian McLeod's had a good fall. Eric Sarantola's had a really good fall. And Will Bednar's had a good fall. So you have those three guys. They have power stuff. They're all three probably going to go high in this year's draft. Will's a sophomore eligible guy. He'll probably be, you know, I think those guys will be in the first couple rounds there as, as in this year's draft coming up if they play to their abilities. Um, and then, now, yeah, who are the other guys? Brandon Smith threw on, I think it was Sunday, his first outing back from Tommy John, and he was like at 90-91 every pitch. And um, he's going to be a lot better than that uh, when he comes back. And Brandon's always been a plus strike thrower. So we're excited about him. Finding out where he ma- we maximize his role is going to be huge. We're just trying to get him out there right now and get some, get, you know, get on the mound and get comfortable and face hitters. But I have a feeling once he gets over this break and comes back, he's going to be fighting for every role on the, on the staff. Um you know, we have an incoming guy, Cam Tuller, who's a Juco left-hander, one of the better Juco players in the country. Turned down real money to show up. Um, we feel like he's in there fighting for a weekend role, uh, also for a starter role. Um, can really pitch. And then, you know, probably the best guy, the, the guy who's pitched the best for us this fall has been uh, Houston Harding. Houston Harding beat Texas Tech there late. Yeah. Um, but, man, he competes with that changeup and, and, and his fastball and, um, he's been really good. We can't hit him right now, so it's been uh, it's been a really good fall for him. I'm really happy to see that he's building off that success from from last spring. 
Yeah, hearing you talk like this, I can't help but agree with you that pitching is really probably going to dominate the early weeks of the season when you guys get back out there. We've talked so much about the guys that are back from last season. Let's talk about the guys that are new to the program. What freshmen do you expect to have an impact for you this year? Well, Kellen Clark, man, he's competing. He's a big hitter, you know, out of Brandon. Um, you know, been really good, you know, for us this fall. You know, he's an offensive player. So, man, I think he's, you know, big physical 6'4", uh, left-handed hitter, can hit the ball out of the ballpark, hit one off the eye drop yesterday, just can do some special things offensively. And what I like about him is he doesn't swing and miss a lot. You know, so as he's, you know, he's taking a lot of walks this fall, which usually your freshmen are over-aggressive, swinging and missing, and you got to reel them back in to get them ready to play. Well, he's the opposite. He has a great approach at the plate. Um, I mentioned Lane Forsythe earlier as a shortstop for us. He's got a chance to play. He's going to be in the mix for us. Um, and another player offensively is uh, Braylon Skinner, is an outfielder. He, um, you know, one of the faster. I think he ran a 6-4 something on scout day and can really move and can really cover ground in the outfield. So we're excited about him. And then it's just the, it's just the arms. I mean, it's the, you know, we have a, uh, just we have four freshmen who got to us who we weren't sure were going to get to us on on the staff. Cade Smith has had a really really good fall for us. Um, Jackson Pristos, a big arm out of Kentucky, who's been up to ninety six this fall. Mikey Tepper is an arm who's been up to the mid nineties this fall. And uh, Dylan Carmouche, a big left handed pitcher, has, has had a good fall also. And then we have our in our JUCO arms in there too with Parker Stanett and Cam Tuller and and some of those guys that have that have had good. Uh, you know, falls to this point. So it's, you know, like I said, it's we have, we have the depth, that's for sure. And we have some really quality guys there that, that can pitch. You and the rest of the guys around the country coaching college baseball will, will face some some challenges, you know, past this season in terms of roster management. Everybody seems to have extra eligibility, things of that nature. Has there been any kind of direction from you, from the SEC, from the NCAA about, you know, obviously they, they wanted to, to make it right by everybody last year. But what's it going to look like going forward? Do you expect expanded rosters? Do you expect maybe finally get out from under 11.7, anything like that? Well, I don't. You know, it's hard. We had to fill out a questionnaire from our, you know, our association yesterday about those items you're talking about. And it's it's really tough, you know, as, as we sit and look through this and, and go through everything because it's, you know, we don't know. And, and really – we're still just trying to get basketball started from an administration yeah. standpoint, you know, in the country. I mean, that's, you know, it took so much to get the football going and keeping football going. And now with basketball, you know, we do have a lot of answers. I just, you know, we're, we're not, we're not up at the table yet. You know, I guess we're just having to wait our time. That's why we're still waiting on scheduling and things like that, trying to figure out. I do think there'll be some type of relief. There has to be. I mean, I, I don't, it's hard for me to imagine getting more scholarship, um, because of the financial impact this has had, you know. So where's everybody coming up with more scholarships is, is tough, you know. I mean, when you, when you deal with, like for us, giving the seniors their year back last year, that wasn't a crazy hit for us because we don't usually have many seniors in college baseball, especially in the SEC, you know. So now it hits some of your other sports, but in college baseball, the, the, most of them are drafted, and they sign, they move on, so... It wasn't a huge piece for us, but if, if we were to try to make up for it like next year with all this extra eligibility, it could be some crazy numbers. Not too long now before we should have a schedule and we'll start talking about getting back out at Duty Noble Field. I know that I'm looking forward to that. I know that you were probably looking forward to it a lot more than I am as, as well as your players. So can't wait to see you back on the diamond. Coach Chris Lamonis, man, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Brian. Joel, is it fair to say that you like baseball? That is a fair assessment, yes. 
Do you enjoy good baseball? I do, yes. High level, high intensity. I, I, I do. My friend, you're going to have a baseball season unlike any other <laughs> this season. This is going to be, every weekend is going to be a war. There are going to be no days off. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Who's the worst team? Kentucky? Even they are going to have talent. You've never seen an SEC baseball season like you're about to see right now. Well, the num- Literally seven, eight teams could win the national title. Well, the numbers are such that if you find somebody that's ineffective... Well, put them at the end of the line because you got so many, you know, options now. Given that everybody has the extra year of eligibility and mm-hmm. recruiting classes, and you got so many guys, everyone has so many guys that if you find anybody not getting the job done, there's somebody to replace them that can get the job done. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're going to have a ton of uh, of just quality pitchers and hitters, and it's going to be something to see this year, I think. Mississippi State's biggest strength is their it's its bullpen. Is that a fair statement? Which, considering a year ago, is hilarious. I mean, I would just say pitching staff in general because I don't know how they're going to – I'm not 100% sure how they'll line them up. So, I mean, they could be really good rotation-wise. Even mid, I mean, you're going to see some midweek starters this year mm-hmm. that in most years may be like a Saturday-Sunday guy. Yeah. You know, listening to Lamonis, he expects you know those the, the three guys that that started the year a year ago or not I guess without Ginn, but McLeod, Bednar, Sarantola, Brandon Smith said he was back healthy, throwing up around ninety ninety one, and that was in his first uh, go round since coming back from surgery. Expects him to be a little bit a little more velocity, and then just so many power arms in the bullpen. He said it. I agreed with him. I think you'll agree. The first few weeks of the season, especially pitching, is going to dominate. Baseball, because there's just so many arms out there right now. Yeah, I think that's the case, and a lot of times that's the case anyway. Coming into a year that the pitching is a little bit ahead of the hidden, but uh, it certainly feels like that'll be the case, maybe more so than ever in 2021. Yeah, and then you know, from a batting standpoint, obviously, you know, you're replacing. It's the biggest concern. It's the biggest yeah. concern of the team, and it's replacing the middle of the infield too. From a defensive standpoint, that's a big deal too. You know, you're replacing your, your double play combination. We know about Scotty DeBrule. Uh, Cameron James looks like he's going to get first crack at shortstop. I thought Cameron James was very impressive as a true freshman. And like I said, playing him out of position, I don't know. Uh, well, it's not out of position. He had to he had to move to third base. He's back home at shortstop. It's yeah, what, it's what he's right, always right, been. Right. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a good move for him. You know, the more comfortable you are as a baseball player, it just I don't, it makes everything click better. It, it, you feel comfortable in the field. It's a little easier to go to the dish and just uh, rake there, too. But no question about it. The, the lineup is is the question mark yeah. of this team. Whether but you've it's got Cameron, guys there. You do. Uh, Scotty DeBrule, which is my guess, will be end up being the starting second baseman or at least yeah. get first crack at it. I'm, I asked Jake Gotra about this the other day um, on one of our Zoom calls, but – I asked him, I know it's not fair to compare anybody to Jake Mangum, but is he a little Jakeish? Because you read his statistical profile and kind of seems like that kind of a guy, and he kind of confirmed my suspicion that, yeah, he is a, just a, a guy that can wake up out of bed and hit kind of thing. He, not maybe a ton of power, but going to slap the ball and, and, and get on base. And uh, So there, there's a guy that you put him at the top of the lineup, him and Rowdy, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty good, however you want to shake it out, one-two. A little one-two there. Um, and then you get the meat of the order with Tanner Allen, Josh Hatcher. And yeah. you, what you need is Brendan Pimentel to be the guy that he was kind of billed as. Um, 
you know, coming into last year, we all thought he was bound to have a big year, and he didn't <laughs> in, in the short 16 games that they played. Uh, I asked Gotra about this, too, and, and he was mentioning that, that maybe last year, the because they, they saw in practice, they saw in fall ball and stuff, a guy that could really, really hit with one of the best hitters on the team, and then the, the lights came on kind of thing in, in February, and it just didn't translate. And he wonders if a comfort level thing, now that he kind of had last year, and yeah. it is really going to make a difference. And you feel like if he can add a little pop there, mm-hmm. and, and we saw it with his big homer against Oregon He's State, got it there, yeah. it's there. Um, if he can add a little bit of pop, then then you're in good shape. And I think Cameron James will have some pop. I think uh, Land uh, Logan, Logan Tanner. Tanner will have a, a, a he'll be a big bat. State may have the best one two catching co- yeah, combo. Yeah, he and Luke Hancock are as good as you're going to find. Uh, and then there's the the freshman who I think might be the, get the first crack at third base and Kellum Clark. Yeah, who is a, a, a guy who I think would have been drafted, but he made it pretty clear that he wanted to come to Mississippi State. Another guy that may have some pop too. Yeah, he's going to. That's another. Yeah. State's got some power in this lineup. Now it's potential power. You know, this isn't bringing Foscue and double-digit home runs in Westburg and you know him hitting the ball 275 miles an hour off the bat. Kind of feels like balanced power throughout the line. Yeah. Like you got a bunch of guys that could hit five to eight. Yeah, you're gonna ha- you don't have a guy who's I don't know that there's a there's a 15 home run guy in here, but yeah, you could have six guys hit five or more, and that's plenty. That's plenty of power. And then like so especially when you've got Rowdy and hopefully you Scotty DeBrule sort of starting things off and getting on base and then you you know, doubles become and what do I always say about, you know, power is power isn't just hitting home runs. It's hitting balls in the alleys. Yeah, hitting the it's gap. hitting doubles, getting extra base hits, not having to string together four singles to get a to get a run at home. So McLeod looked every bit of a Friday night ace a season ago. Uh Bednar was very, very solid. Sarantola, we all know the ceiling with that guy. Can throw the ball as hard as anybody in the country. Just got to get that control under control. No, no pun intended yeah. there. And then Brandon Smith was very impressive uh, two seasons ago before he got hurt. So you got a lot to work with. And then you know, we're not even talking, we're talking about the bullpen guys like Landon Sims, who might have the most velocity yeah, who on the I, team. I mentioned to you, Lamonis, and talking to us in, in Zoom a couple weeks back, had mentioned that they were kind of seeing what Landon Sims might can bring as a starting pitcher. Yeah. Um, not that he will be a starter. Mm hmm. You know, he, he could end up being just a swing guy, or maybe he ends up sticking in the bullpen. But mm-hmm. there's at least been some thought given to, to Landon Sims being a starter. And then from a midweek perspective, you got a guy like Carlisle Kessler, Dr. Carlisle Kessler. A guy that you just kind of forget about, and yeah. then you're well, like, holy cow, his... he, started, he, he started a Friday night or two for State a year yeah. ago. You know, we, we did that thing yesterday about the oldest MLB players. I, he's got to be the oldest college baseball player, right? Probably. I mean, what's his date of birth here? Let's see if we can find it. I got him pulled up. December 18th, 1995. So he'll be 25 on December 18th. There can't be a college baseball player older than him. I can't imagine. imagine. So that's pretty funny. Um, How old was uh, when Chris Winkie was the quarterback at? He was like 26. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he was pretty old when he was QB. And then, of course, we haven't mentioned him, but the resurgence and the return of Riley Self and Spencer Price. I mean, if State gets to the eighth inning with a lead, you feel like they're gonna they're gonna win the game because those two guys they looked one hundred percent back when everything got shut down. You know that's the thing you can tinker with the Landon Sims maybe in the rotation because because you feel good about the back. Those ending. guys are back, and you have all the the other yeah the the freshman I mean, the guy that and, the guy that he brought up in the interview was Houston Harding, who was really effective a season. He, he I think he pitched the, he got the last win of the season, didn't he? 
against Texas, right. Tech, Texas Tech. I know he pitched in that series and was very effective. So, I mean, there's just – I'm very excited. to. And we haven't brought up a guy like Casey Hunt, who us going into last season, everybody thought that might be one of the top arms, and he didn't really get it going, but – the velocity's there. The, the tools are there. All accounts are he's taking a humongous yeah. step forward this fall. I'm, I I couldn't be more excited for baseball. That this team should be really good. The only problem is so is everybody else. Yeah, LSU is going to be good. Florida, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Arkansas. The top half of the SEC could I'm telling you right now could could win a double A league, maybe even a triple A league. I mean, there's that kind of of potential there. You know, obviously wood bat, but I'm just saying. The talent is incredible. There, there are literally probably in in the, in the SEC a hundred guys who'll be drafted in the first twenty rounds of the draft. I mean, they're going to be really good. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's it should be a lot. I don't of know. Fun if, I don't know if I'd go as far as as you and say that they're winning double and triple A leagues. But the, the, the amount of talent is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, right now, if I, especially if I put an all star team together, I've got like yeah, two you more. Put, you, you put an all star team together, you got you got a shot to, you know. Vanderbilt could. <laughs> I'm just saying. And if Vanderbilt couldn't, they just go out and buy some more players. Yeah. They figure it out. So, so all right. Thanks to Coach Hallen and Coach Lamonis for joining us. We really appreciate them. Tomorrow we'll talk to Coach Nikki McCray Penson and Coach uh, Samantha Ricketts. I got another little cliffhanger kind of thing for you. I think of all the coaches who brought players back, Ricketts got the best deal. Yeah. She brought back Thunder and Lightning. She did. You know, so. Just saying. So is the burger name for them or us? It's named for us. That's our burger. They can't take it away from us. <laughs> That's our burger. If they want to go get their own burger, they can come up with Thunder and Lightning 2.0 burger. Make it for them. I don't care. That's our burger. Yeah. So we'll talk to them tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Thanks again for everybody uh, joining us here today. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Back with you tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.